Before we jump into this week's episode, let me tell you about EA Insurance, one of the sponsors for the Reach Australia National Conference. Are you running a church or not-for-profit organisation? Do you have property, volunteers or run activities for children? Would your insurance policy adequately cover your risks if the unexpected happened? Our conference sponsor EA Insurance Services is a specialist faith and not-for-profit insurance brokerage and can help with insurance solutions that are tailored to give you the right cover at a competitive price. If you'd like an insurance strategy review or more information, go to eainsurance.com.au. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one gospel-centered ministry tip every week. Now, Derek, I, we had Pete on the episode. It's been a long time since we've been able to sort of look across at each other, oh, starry eyes, you mm. know, record a podcast. I asked him this question, your favorite opening partnership. Now, you've guessed it rightly. It was Marsh and Boone. Boonie. Who, who's your favorite opening partnership? Uh, mine is actually Gordon Greenwich and Desi Haynes. Get, English and an English opening. They're not English. Oh no, that's no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They are. West <laughs> Indies. Ed, edit that out in post. Got it all right. You'll you'll seem informed afterwards. Yeah. West, yeah. West Indies. Yeah, the Windies. Yeah, they're amazing. Those two. I loved watching them. It was brutal, but they were great. Yeah. Now, for those uh, of you listening uh, in a country that doesn't love cricket, we're talking about the opening partnership in cricket. So I'll just give that sort of little caveat and a little explanation. But the Windies were, it was kind of, that was your, your summer watching the Windies belt Australia. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And some people say, you know, feel sorry for the Windies now. And look, part of me does. No, but I don't. I've still I got don't. deep, <laughs> yeah. deep scars from that period of my life. So, yeah. Now, the one thing is brought to you with thanks to Reach Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. Uh, and for this month, uh, we want to encourage you to give to the online resource library campaign. So... Uh, jump on to reachaustralia.com forward slash give and you can find out how to make a one-off donation so we can keep recording and sending out these great podcasts. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Reset. So Derek, one of the tools that we often talk about um, is the now, where, how. It's a very sort of simple strategic planning uh, concept uh, that we, we use in our consults, that we use as we think into specific areas of ministry life in church plants and in established churches. And really, basically, we, we want to ask three, three questions as we think into planning, as we think into sort of next steps for a church. The first question is a sort of understanding, analysing the current situation. Um, most people then quickly jump to, to the how, but we actually want to say, no, before jumping to the how, we actually want you to think about your desired future, the desired outcomes that you're looking for, and, and give that a time horizon of you know 12 months or three to five years. Where is it that you actually want to go? Once you've done both those two things, you've assessed the current situation and, and you've looked forward to the, to the future reality of where you're wanting to go, only then do you go, okay, well, actually, how do we get there? Um, you, you need to do those two building blocks. So over the next three episodes, what we want to do is we want to push into uh, thinking about those three big questions. And so this episode particularly, we want to just push into the current situation. Okay, just to set it up, though, um, as we think through the next three, because you're running through this with a lot of churches, and you said go from now, go to how, aware, and go to how. 
Um, is that your experience? Most churches go in that cycle if they don't. Why is it using this tool? How is it helpful? Well, I think most churches go straight to the how, mm. um, and and it's our natural inclination. You know, we read a book, we go to a conference, uh, we chat with someone else in ministry, and we think, oh man, yeah, I, I think I can do. I want to do exactly what they're doing, and we think that the solution is actually doing the same thing. Uh, but actually, the reality is we are often in a different context. We're at a different life cycle stage in our church life. They're just different pieces going on the ground. And we actually need to really ask the hard questions first, uh, you know, assess the current situation, look into the now, uh, push into the reality uh, so that so that we can be then uh, hopefully getting the how, you know, getting the how right. But again, we make that other fatal mistake of not actually working out, well, what do we want to um, hit? And so it was, it was a beautiful moment, I think, in the conference a couple of weeks ago where um, one of the church leaders said, I, I've just been pushed really hard and uh, I've realized that, that I was you know, shooting the arrow and then painting the target around, uh, around the area. And I think that's often what happens. You know, we, we don't divine the where and so we're often always hitting it because you know, and we, we're doing great, but actually we're, we're not actually hitting where we should be going. Because it is my reaction to most problems as well. It's just to play whack-a-mole. Like, there's a problem, <laughs> you just smack it. And you, yeah. you know, that's much easier because it's quite hard to actually pause and reflect, because a lot of the time, at least I find in, in my own life or, or when I've you know been leading a church or ministry work at Reach Australia, is the, the problems that exist um, are often begin with me. And I don't really want to ask those questions. Like, they're uncomfortable questions. Um, so it's easier to play whack-a-mole rather than ask the deeper questions, which will lead to that more uh, effective outcome that I want. Um, so, yeah, humble, humble leadership, which we were we're pushed and encouraged to be pushing into does want to ask some questions about your leadership um, you know and the leadership team and their role in you know in the current reality as well so yeah all right well let's talk about now that's what we're going to talk about in this first one then we're going to talk about the where and the how that's the order that's right okay. and so really in this first section the questions that we need to be thinking through the questions that we now need to be asking want to want to drive towards actually understanding the current situation well uh, so if we think big picture just in church life, and I want to push over these next three episodes into, say, the mission area, particularly, Derek, and, and really get some of your experience from your consults, I then want to sort of push down into a smaller area of church life like small groups uh, just so we can show you what does it look like in the big picture, what does it also look like in, um, you know, for a, a, an aspect or a ministry uh, in, in church life as well. And so you're asking the question, what is actually going on now? So you can use a whole bunch of tools, you know, SWOT analysis. So what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses of, of how we're going? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? Uh, you can look into the data, you know, big picture data, what's actually going on. Again, what kind of data are you looking at there? Uh, you want to look at uh, trends, particularly. So actually go back over five, you know, five, 10 years if you can. Understand, you know, big those big movements, but then also push into what's actually happening in the last 12 months. Uh, that's tricky well. during COVID, isn't it? Like that's uh, data anomalies in there. Yeah, it is. I, and so that in terms of thinking about resetting now in COVID, I, I think one of the things I want to push into is say is it's actually realising that the last three months, you know, probably are now you, you can now say we've now got a, almost a settled pattern of, of people returning. So what we're finding um, is after the second period of lockdown across Australia uh, and, and the sort of Omicron outbreak, People haven't come back to church as much as they did after that first uh, outbreak. But now, sort of post-Easter, we're really getting to a sense of, okay, this is this is our new normal. You know, we can't keep on saying, two years ago, this is what it was like and we want to we want to be there. No, probably your attendance levels, as they are now, are really your current reality. So 
So you need to be realising, okay, then what does it look like to uh, resource that with teams on a Sunday? What does it look like for our congregation mix? Um, but that that's kind of the new, the new normal. Okay, just to flag, you've used new normal now. No more. You're not oh, allowed. sorry. Twice. Apologies. Just got Are you going to play whack-a-mole on me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've got a limit on that. All right, that's good. Okay, so so we are even though, so dig into data as well. Just recognizing the last couple of years has been tricky, but we are beginning to get a bench line. Uh, yeah, and I and I think again, what I'm seeing is the the sort of pre the, the previous sort of three to five years of your church life are going to really help you understand how you've come out of of uh, of COVID as well post lockdown. So churches that were declining. Uh, I think I think they're going to see uh, a significant you know significant decline in their numbers of, of people returning. I think mm. you know the trends that were were happening that you may or may not have been aware uh, are going to be really seen in, in actually people coming back. I think again understanding the new reality in front of you as well, people are going to be coming to church less regularly. Mm. So I would have said pre-COVID, an evening congregation seventy percent was a good sort of regularity of attendance, and probably sixty-five percent for a morning congregation. I think now we're going to see sort of fifty percent as being uh, you know, the, the, the reality of, of regular church attendance. So again, helpful to sort of have those big picture, big picture goals and expectations so that you're not kind of beating yourself up or you're not trying to push towards a, a where that's, that's unachievable. So I, I'm hearing a lot of church leaders come back and say, what, 50%? Um, and I, I think the reality is it, it is now socially unacceptable to cough. Yeah. Uh, and and people are actually keeping their kids at home who are sick. Whereas in the past, it'd be like you'd be bringing everyone and and you know yeah. wiping the snot off your uh, off yourself as you came in and sat down and listened to uh, you know <laughs> listen to a sermon because uh, church is so important. Um, yeah. So again, understanding understanding that then will help us start thinking about well where do we want to get to. So you it might be different in your ch- church context. I'm only talking generally there. But starting to do some of those stats and saying, okay, we're we're actually seeing fifty percent of our people coming back, which means probably our our larger membership, you know, our larger sort of people who would call this church home, you know, in some senses, it, it's actually could be quite quite high. So doing the work on looking into your role, assessing who is a part of our our church family, who's making small groups, you know, a regular occurrence, is is another sort of piece of data that you want to push into. All right. How else, do you, how else do you find out about that? You've got data, which is pretty cold and clinical, very informative, but are there other ways you can get a sense of what's actually going on at church? Yeah, well, we've just, hopefully your church has just done the NCLS, uh, National Church Life Survey, mm-hmm. some great, you know, more subjective questions in there that I think are, um, you know, can really helpfully, you know, helpfully push into people's spiritual growth and how they're feeling about serving and uh, how they're feeling about belonging and the leadership in the church. Uh, the the other thing you can do is is survey some of your key leaders. So so work with your key team leaders in church and your small group leaders. Uh, ask them how they're uh, feeling about things. Ask those feeling questions, uh, those more subjective questions, uh, and and listen. You know, and uh, so I'd I'd be encouraging you know town you know doing a few town halls or getting a few key leaders together and having those meetings and and just listening into or where are they at. Because I again, I think part of the new, uh, or part of the, the reality that's in front of us, <laughs> is uh, is that people are tired, they're exhausted, uh, and and I think we're seeing that again. Uh, talking to my brother, who's who's a member of Surf Club, um, we're not seeing people return back in great numbers with volunteerism. I'm looking at the PNC, you know, sort of minutes regularly. There's less people showing up for those meetings. So I think we're kind of all really worn out um, in some ways of, of you know volunteering in the wider in the wider sense as well. Okay, so let's work on that basis. And people are tired, they are worn out. Leaders as well. It's been a really trippy trippy 
has been a trippy couple of years. It's also been a tricky couple of years. A bit of whiplash as well, just in start, stop, start, stop. And so it's a tricky context in which to feed back and, and be introspective about this. So how do you, how do you deliver, how do you facilitate this question about the now then? Yeah, again, I think not not resorting to my feelings and where I'm at. So again, trying to get those data you know data points from a number of people. So so pulling in your parish council or your eldership, uh, if you're you know blessed to have a larger staff team, you know bring them in and, and and asking some of these questions as a group and actually assessing things. So this is where I think maybe the pen, the Pentagon, uh, you know, thinking about what are, what are we seeking to see in the life of a believer. You know, we want to we want a disciple who's deep in the Word, who's loving God, who's serving others, who's uh, in community and who's on mission, using that as a grid just to sort of ask the question: Well, where do we think people are at in terms of their deep, you know, their um, their love of love of God's word and uh, and their changed lives? Where are, at, are people at in renewing their minds and, and in repentance and faith and uh, you know responding in obedience? Where are at in, in people's desire to love one another and to serve in church life and just their mission heat? Uh, asking all those sort of questions, you know, broadly, I think, and getting a sense will will help situate where we think people are at. People are in respect to how they're growing in terms of maturity and individually and corporately, you're saying. That's right. Run, yeah. run this. So if you haven't seen the Pentagon, let me explain. There's kind of five sides to it, um, or everyone, I think. Most of listeners would Most understand. people understand a Pentagon. Yeah, I just want to explain. <laughs> a Pentagon is five. Uh, so if, look, you learn something new every time you listen to the one thing. Um, I haven't quite worked at hexagons yet. There's something different about six. them. Six. It's six. Is that right? Anyway, the Pentagon is really trying to, to look at the New Testament um, and say, when we look at this, when we describe what it looks like to be a mature disciple of Christ, um, how is it the New Testament describes? Now, if you come up with five, fantastic. You come up with eight, fantastic. Really what you're trying to do is you're trying to capture what are the key things that the New Testament uses to describe individually and corporately uh, God's people. Um, and so we've, we've identified five things. What are the five things very quickly? Uh, you want to see a disciple who's deep in the word, uh, loving God, in community, serving others and on mission. Okay, and so I want to I want to push now just into sort of the mission one because you you're you're a passionate passionate about mission, passionate about evangelism. You're doing a number of consults. Um, what are you seeing in in the now? What are some questions that you might ask just to push, you know, particularly into the missional engagement, the evangelistic sort of temperature of a church? Yeah, well, there's a number of ways you um, you can approach it. You've you've mentioned a couple of the avenues you go in. Um, and so the at the very crude level, you, you're asking that question of um, how many people have been converted in the last 12 months? Very, very crude question, um, but a good diagnostic question. Now, the last 12 months have been hard, so you're not kind of hanging everything on that. But even if you've spread that last five years, how many people have become a Christian in this church, come to know Jesus, come to life in the last five years? Um, and that is, a, that is a good indication possibly of where heat within the church, where energy within the church is being, being pushed. Now... Again, sometimes because of whatever circumstances, uh, that number might be higher or lower. So you've got to interrogate that again a little bit. So there are other avenues you, you're wanting to push into. Uh, we do use a, a thing we call a mission funnel, which talks about contact and connect and uh, convert and then the life of church. But really, the questions are just trying to work up from that, that, uh, that first question. How many people have become a Christian? Uh, uh, no people have become a Christian. Uh, I would want to be then asking the question, um, talk to me about how many um, people within the life of the church, whether fringe, are exploring Christianity in any way. 
in it's any almost sense. that's your, your mission your mission funnels in people who are on the way to engaging in investigating Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So they haven't made a commitment yet, but they are actually asking those questions in a meaningful way. It might be one-on-one Bible study someone with someone. It might be running uh, some sort of Christian Explain course. Whatever it is, who is asking questions around that? And, and often, I, often I hear a lot of church leaders say, we, we don't have a lot of pipeline. We actually don't have a lot of people. And yeah. and then I kind of push back in and say, well, have you, have you looked at the, the last sort of three months? Yeah. How many people have visited? Have you done the work to look through those 50 names or 30 names to see who's not a Christian? Has someone called them and invited them to that? Now, then have you looked back the last six to 12 months? Mm. Uh, are there, I'm assuming there are a lot of non-Christians in that list of people who've come. Has someone invited them to this as well? And then you go, well, actually, there is actually quite a, a number of lists. Have you been praying for those people? Have you um, you know, been actively sort of trying to just help them move along to the next step, inviting them to church or inviting them to this course. If you ask someone who is sitting in the pew at your church, would you invite a friend along? If they give a very, very quick no, then that's a good indication there's a problem there, isn't it? That there's a mission why. problem. Yeah. Absolutely. So and there it, are all these avenues. You're really just asking that first question, how you been converted, and then working up from there and interrogating all the things. What happens at a Sunday gathering? How are we equipping people? How are we praying? You mentioned praying. Uh, what do we celebrate here? Do we celebrate the things that we actually want to see? Do we hear from people who might have been converted? Hear from people who shared the gospel with someone? Do we do we talk about people who aren't Christians as if they're the enemy of the state when they come? All those kinds of things feed into building mission aid. So there's no one question, but it is a series of questions that you want to keep asking. And you want to be curious in that, not clever. So there's no silver bullet. You're just being curious. Why is it that no one um, ever returns to church a second week? That may be part of the problem there. Um, you, you're curious in there. You unpick that problem. And then re- the reality is you just go to the next problem and you keep unpicking them until you get to the point where you think, actually, uh, we are beginning to see some momentum build. People have confidence in what they're doing. People are becoming Christians. We're celebrating it. Uh, it's not a silver bullet, but yeah. Okay, that's really helpful just sort of to push into the, the mission area. I want to I kind of pull down to a, an area of church life, so small groups, uh, small groups functionally in church life, I think, do a whole bunch of stuff. They get people deep in the word. They're, you know, a great community, you know, that's smaller than the larger community that we see on a Sunday. And so there's an opportunity for, you know, care and pastoral care to, to happen and take place just in people sharing their lives with each other. Um, they're 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 a great platform as well to sort of build mission heat as well. You know, a place where people are keeping each other accountable for having those conversations. So I want to put a problem a problem that was raised in one of the mini consults that we had. Um, yeah, one of the church leaders said, look, we've got um, 40% of people in groups at the moment. And, you know, we heard at some conference you needed to have 70 to 80%. How do we get, you know, 40% of uh, people in our groups to 70%? You know, so here's, <clears throat> here's someone going, okay, the now, what's the now? You know, and, and asking the question, okay, we've only got 40% of people groups. Now, some questions. What are some questions you'd be asking that, Really want to understand the the what of what's going on with only forty percent of people being in groups. Well, what did you ask? <laughs> oh, I've got questions I'd ask. Oh, I'm curious to know what you yeah, asked. So it was. I, I did this. I did the mini consult with uh, with Richard Sweaters uh, at Hunter Bible Church. It was it was excellent. You know, one of the first things that he that he did just pushing into now, which he did a number of times, was what does the Bible have to say about this? Mm. And I and I thought it was a really wonderful way to start to go. Okay, well, yeah, what are our convictions about actually meeting up regularly? And you know, he was I thinking, oh, he, he, we're going to throw out some proof texts. You know, uh, Hebrews ten again. Oh, we got to give it. You know, 
But it was what it, what it was. It was a really wonderful. We're looking through the Old Testament, and New Testament, thinking about the importance of gathering and gathering as God's people mm. and and digging into His Word together. And so that was a really helpful place to start. To go, okay, let's interrogate it. Well, is forty percent okay? Like I I didn't see. Uh, you know, in Acts 2, 40% of the people gathered no, together Acts, regularly. Acts 3. In, um, you know, yeah. gathered regularly in small groups. Mm. So <clears throat> that was the first question. The second the second question we, we did, okay, so what's going, what's been the history of small group attendance in your church? So again, looking back at that trend data, who are the people that are currently meeting? Found out it was largely older, older Christians. It was men's groups. Um, what are they currently studying? Uh, what's the quality of the materials they're doing? Mm. Uh, what have you done in the past to get people in the, in the groups? Uh, and so, you know, uh, in terms of let's think about your membership course or uh, what does it mean to actually be a member of this church? Is small groups a high priority uh, in that space? So we pushed into a whole bunch of sort of cultural things mm-hmm. as well as trying to understand how did, how did they get to this point? Again, what have you done in the past? Even just asking that now question, what have you done in the past to get people in the groups? just to sort of get a sense of, of where things are up to. Because I want to ask a question with, with small groups, well, with every part. How do, how do you understand what how small groups function within that church? Like what purpose do they play? And that informs everything else, I think, because maybe 40% is the right number. Mm. Uh, maybe 90% is the right number. But until you understand what function they play within the whole ecosystem, uh, what level of pastoral care are you expecting them to carry? Uh, what are they meant to be the primary teaching vehicles? Um, are they evangelistic units? All those kind of questions do feed into um, what they're like, how they're set up, and how many people are going to get in. And in some ways, you almost this is where your now and your where questions are kind of um, are kind of blending, you know, blending into each other there. Because in some ways, you can say, uh, what's the current reality of, of what they're doing? Yeah. But you're starting to also push into those questions of, well, what are we actually seeking to achieve? You know, do we want pastoral care to happen there? Or do we want people to be you know, doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, the other, the other, what questions you'd be asking is, uh, you know, how, how many people are in your groups? Uh, when are the groups meeting? Uh, how how many leaders do you have in those groups? Mm. What are the materials as you know, materials or small group material resources that you're using? So they're just some really helpful uh, now now questions to ask. And again, can I encourage you to do be doing these things with your team? You know, so with that small group example with probably some of your key small group leaders, you know, your more experienced small group leaders. Don't do not do this stuff alone, okay? Uh, it's so much better to be doing it with an, a group of people. Yes. All righty. That's good. So that is the now. Uh, that's the now we've been talking about. How do you, as a church um, and as a leadership within the church, ask that question of uh, where are we at now in all the different aspects of church life in order to move towards being healthy, evangelistic, uh, multiplying yourself now? Uh, Scott's got one thing for us. What is the one thing you want to say, Scott, about now? Uh, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions when you're pushing into the now. You really want to confront reality uh, and 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 confront that of yourself as a leader, but also of actually what's going on in uh, the small the ministry that you're pushing into or the whole church that you're pushing into as well. Excellent. Well, that is it for the first. Um Sorry, wait a minute. Toolbox. Toolbox. Oh, yeah. the toolbox. Gee, this is what happens when I don't uh, go I on. Thinking, when how, I'm not invited on. How many on. episodes have we done? When I'm not invited on to the podcast very often. Okay, we're going to do the tool. What's in the toolbox today, Scott? Uh, well, I'm gonna, I am gonna. I want to give you a few uh, old podcast episodes to, to push into. Uh, episode 208, Now Where How, a planning tool for 2022. Feels like such a long time ago. Uh, mission planning, though, using the Now Where How as well. So if you want to just see a fuller, longer episode... Uh, but but really, we've, we've pushed into mission. There are some great resources on mission that we'll put in the show, uh, podcast show notes as well. 
uh, and also some ecosystem workshops are going to be coming on the Reach Australia podcast. So be on the lookout for those as well. All right. Well, that's all from us from episode one of A Reset. Uh, we're going to have two more. We're going to talk about where next time. We're going to talk about how next time. Uh, but for the moment, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.